at sports fans. It's time for another edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope, Andy Savage, elbow all day into the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. There is so much to get to. We're just going to jump right into it. After I tell you guys how you can be a part of the show, there are many ways that you can interact with the show, whether it be a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, all of those things. Here are the places you can do so. You can send us an email to 3endzone at, at gmail.com. Just completely messed that up. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. You can look for us on Facebook, whether you look up Strong Style, Impact Media, Jeremy York, any of those should find us. You can also, if you are a person who just likes to click a link, listen to a show, you can do so by going to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media. Scroll to the appropriate show, click on it, listen to it as many times as you want. We definitely appreciate that and appreciate you. If you would like to follow me for show links, show-related things, unrelated things, like uh, this past weekend, I was able to take uh, one of my nephews to celebrate his birthday out to the College Park Skyhawks. They're the G League affiliate of the Atlanta Hawks, and they are spectacular. They have a uh, great building, a great team, a great hospitality staff. I implore everybody to go check out the Skyhawks. And uh, shout out to my man, Wyatt, out there that is making some things happen. Uh, but if you follow me on, on my regular accounts, you will see the photos and the other experiences and things like that that we get into. We will be at a rugby game this weekend. Rugby ATL will have a preseason game. And I know that's nothing to do with this show, but it is stuff we do here at Impact Media. And if you follow me at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram, soon we'll work, we'll work on YouTube, guys. I promise you we'll work on that. We're, we're ironing out. We may separate all of our show things into uh, different channels. We're working on that. But if you follow at the Impact 99 on all those places, you would see my photos from Skyhawks. Uh, Putt Shack a couple weekends ago. Rugby ATL this coming up weekend. We've got some uh, Super Bowl festivities and other things coming up next week. And we are lining up guests for this show. I appreciate you guys telling me who you'd like to get on the show. I am working on it. You guys gave me a crazy list, by the way. But we are working on it, and I think you guys are going to enjoy some of the people we're going to have on very, very soon. But other than that, you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store. If there is a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find Strong Style, please let me know. I will fix that faster than Speedy Gonzalez. And if you are in the audience and you know who Speedy Gonzalez is, good for you. You are at least as old as I am, which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. So, as I said, there are so many things to get into. We got to talk. Um, AEW was lighting it up this week. Um, uh, we're going to try to get to everything that we can. We got to talk Royal Rumble later. But first... There are some news and notes and tons of fighting to talk about, so let's jump into the world of mixed martial arts. And I want to start with this headline. Laura Sanko is going to, uh, makes her commentary debut at Fight Night 218, which I believe is the, is that the one this, 
that is the one this weekend. She will be the first female commentator in the UFC, and that is beyond spectacular. That is just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. She's going to do so great. She has worked so hard to get to this place, uh, to get to this situation, and I'm so glad she's going to go out there. She's going to kill it. She's going to kill it. Bisping, you want to know who's coming for your job? Laura Sanko is coming for your job. <laughs> he, he says all the time people are coming for his job. Just joking around, but Laura Sanko is coming for your job. Uh, uh, nothing personal, Bisping, but uh, if uh, John Anik and Laura Sanko are calling the action, uh, you know, we, we could use Bisping in there. We don't want to completely shut him out, right? But no, Laura Sanko is going to make her debut. That is so, just so great. So great. Uh, I love that we can show people that the moon is possible. So many people think, well, because of my gender or my age or my cultural background or because it's Tuesday that I, I, I just I don't qualify to, to be able to do this thing I really want to do. Now, if you go out there and you put in the work, Anything is possible in life. You can go out there and grab, uh, just grab life and, and get what you want to out of it. But uh, fantastic, fantastic about uh, Laura Senko. Absolutely just fantastic. Um, also, Logan Paul hinted that him and the UFC were going to strike a deal the other day, and they did. Prime, which is a Logan Paul drink, this is a fitness drink, I believe, is now the official sports drink of the UFC. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. So let's think about this. Uh pretty good for a couple former Disney child actors turned YouTubers that ever a lot not everybody but a lot of people try to write off well Logan boxed and defeated Floyd Mayweather under under Mayweather's own rules so let's let's not get let's not get all defensive about that no Mayweather agreed to those rules and he lost that fight good for Logan there Logan has been able to um, have a successful podcast that he has all kinds of people on. He signed a deal with WWE. He has had a handful of just amazing moments, including Royal Rumble that uh, we'll talk about here in a little while. Then let's go to Jake Paul. Jake Paul has been able to box um, many big names in the combat sports world. He's got Tyson Fury coming up in a couple weeks. He's also signed a deal with the PFL, which looks like he's going to get into mixed martial arts. I think he's been training this stuff anyway, honestly. There's no way he just signs it just to do it. The Paul brothers are doing pretty good for a couple YouTubers, right? Yeah, I think they're doing pretty dang good. Shout out to them. They do some just amazing, amazing things and uh, uh, just absolutely killing it out there. Absolutely killing it. Let's get into let's get into let's find it first. Where is 
We had multiple screens going. It's just disappeared. This is great radio on shit. Here we go. PFL Week 2. Week 2 of the Challenger Series. This is going to be live February the 3rd. That is Friday at 9 p.m. on Fubo Sports. Great place to watch, by the way. This is the women's featherweights. These are the women's featherweights. This is all in Orlando as well. So if you are in the greater Orlando area, and you uh, def, PFL throws a heck of them. Heck of them. Remember back over last summer, uh, late last summer, I believe, I was able to cover three uh, Friday events for the PFL right here in Atlanta. I'm telling you, they... They 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 know how to throw a heck of a party. They they throw great events. They are super professional. Here's something: we all know what happens at other places. We all know, and even sometimes, unfortunately, at restaurant chains where they show the fights, there can sometimes be scuffles. There was not one scuffle in the stands of the PFL event. I can confirm that. Can confirm. Can confirm. I was there. I would have seen it. We would have heard about it. Didn't see not one. Is that not just crazy? That's crazy. Anyway, if you can't go to the PFL Challenger Series down in Orlando, here are the fights for the women's featherweights. Remember, this is, I don't know if they keep the same judges as last time or not. That included Ray Lewis and I think Wiz Khalifa. And I can't remember the other one. But anyway. Here's how this works. There are four fights. And technically, I, I don't know if they just vote on the winners. But all three judges weigh in who they think should get the contract. And then there's the fan vote. And if it's tied at that point, the great Ray Seppo is the tiebreaker. And he was able to uh, break the tie last week. But here are the fights for um, this weekend, or for Friday. You've got um, Levy versus Sendayush. You've got Michelle versus Martins. You've got Cataline versus Van de Verdonk. And you've got Montague versus Woods. In the limited, because a lot of these are unknowns. I, I I did a little bit of research just from what little bit I was able to dig up on on these amazing women. I am going to say that uh, Van de Vierdonk or Cataline, uh, whoever wins that fight, I think. Uh, you could throw Martins in there, maybe. Maybe Martins, even. Uh, but uh, I, I think one of those, uh, the winner of the Cataline and uh, Van de Vierdonk is is probably going to get, that's just my blind guess. I, I think that's who is going to get the contract. So, we can talk PFL. Now let's talk Bellator, which might have the biggest event of the whole weekend. Because it is going to be Bellator 290. 
Bellator 290. This at the Kia Forum in good old LA, Los Angeles, California. And what is the headline by? How about the heavyweight? Uh, is this for the belts? Is this for? It is for the heavyweight world title. Ryan Bader, who has been a spectacular ambassador for not only the light heavyweight but the heavyweight championship. Ryan Bader is defending against Fedor Emelianenko, the ageless wonder, the uh, arguably one of the best heavyweights of all time. Fedor up till now has had 46 fights, I believe 38 for Bader. This, no matter what, is going to be Fedor Emelianenko's last fight. Win, lose, or draw. He has already said this is going to be it. Which is fine. I mean, he is. I mean, he's training guys. He's doing other stuff. Um, he, he is, he has just put, especially the heavyweight division. But he has put MMA on his back, on his shoulders, so many times, and carried it uh, to where it is now. And I could argue that Ryan Bader has done similar. Um, it is both happy and sad that uh, after this week, this will be the end of Fedor. Like I said, he's still going to be around the sport. He's still going to do some stuff. But Fedor, this will be the uh, the last ride. We will see what actually happens with it. We will see what he gets into after this. But uh, you should tune in just for this card. Just for this card. Just for this fight. But uh, Ryan Bader versus Fedor Emelianenko. Um, I'm going to talk about the whole main card, and then I will come back and give my picks. How about for the middleweight world title? We are going to get Johnny Eblen. Eblen. He's 12 and 0. He is a monster middleweight. He's taking on Anatoly Tokov. Anatoly, man, he is he has had 33 fights. He is 31 and 2. I equate 31 and 2 to being pretty close to 12 and 0, except for he's fought way more times. Uh, this fight seems it's not as split as the first one I just said there. It's going to be really good. Johnny Eblen has done uh, a really good job of kind of running through the middleweights, but uh, Anatoly, he don't play, man. He don't play at all. And he may be from Emelianenko's camp. I'm not sure. But that fight is going to be amazing. He got a double world title. Um, then moving on in the welterweights, you get Brennan Ward. It's going to take on Saba Hamasi. These two are, it's going that's going to be a war. That's going to, it might be three rounds of a war. Um, yeah, it's a little weighted too, a little differently than I think it would be. But, um, is it just, those are the three fights on the main card. Well, I will tell you right now, I will take, I'm going to take uh, Hamasi over Ward. I am, I'm going to, man, I hate to predict people over their first losses, but I'm going to take Anatoly Tokov to be your new middleweight world champion. And I hate to do it to Fedor because I'm a huge Fedor fan. I'm a huge Ryan Bader fan. These are two of my favorite heavyweights on the planet. Not just saying that because they're facing each other or I'm talking about them. I, I really enjoy watching their fights. Um, and what, and like I said, what they have done for 
what they have done for not only the division but MMA in general. <sighs> give me, give me Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader is going to retain. Uh, I hope it's not a stoppage. It, it could be. Uh, I would love this to go the distance, and uh, and judges uh, decide that it's Bader over Benenko. But uh, either way, just like with the Pitbull brothers, I, I don't think the MMA world could ever repay uh, Fedor for all that he's done. But we're going to try. Uh, but also, not to mention, that's the pay-per-view part. All the prelims are going to be on CBS, guys. They're going to be on CBS. Bellator is on CBS. Is that not amazing? Not amazing. Starting, uh, yeah, what is it, six? I feel like it's a six. Let's find out real quickly. Is it going to be at six? It, because this is on Saturday. It's around here somewhere, or is it eight? I know it is starting at some point. Where is that? There it is, starting at nine o'clock. Starting at nine o'clock, you are going to get the prelims. For that uh, nine to eleven on CBS, that's that's just going to be amazing. Sorry for all the delays, but I just you guys want to know some of the prelim fights? What about Ethan Hughes versus Yusef uh, Karakaya? Three and zero versus one and zero, welterweight division. That's going to be fun. Isaiah Hokit is taking on Peter Ishiguru in the featherweight division. Jalen Bates takes his 6-0 record against an 8-1 Jornel Lugo. Bantamweight fight there. Dante Shiro, who looks like he could be related to Ben Askren, by the way, takes on Neiman Gracie, who is trying to show everybody that he is still fantastic. And he is. He's not washed up. He's just had a, a rough run of it. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want either one of them mad at me. But Neiman Gracie would make a great Bond villain, by the way. Uh, Mukhamed Berkamov is taking his 14-0 record against Lorenz Larkin. Larkin's no slouch, man. He's looking to he's looking to take Berkamov uh, out of the win column. You've got uh, Ahmed Magomedov is taking on Henry Corrales. My goodness, all these Russian guys undefeated. This is crazy. Steve Mowry's taking on Ali Isiev. That's another undefeated Russian fighter, by the way, and an undefeated Steve Maurer. Chris Gonzalez versus Max Rokskov. That's going to be fun. Grant Neal and Carl uh, Albexton. Albexton. I'm putting the T in the wrong place. Diana Asaragova. Diana Asaragova is taking her 5-0 record against Alejandra Lara in the women's flyweight. You got Darian Caldwell and Nikita Mikhailov 
my goodness. That's just, that's beyond stacked. Beyond stacked, guys. Uh, not to be outdone, we've talked PFL. We've talked, UF, or we've talked Bellator. Now let's talk some UFC. They were off last week. What are they coming back with? How about UFC Fight Night? Lewis versus Spivak. It is not Spivak. It's Spivak or Spivak. I think I'm probably saying it wrong. Laura Senko on the call, as we said, that should be so much fun. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. This is going to be a fun fight. In the heavyweight division, both these cards are heavy, heavyweight contests. Uh, I like Derek Lewis. I want Derek Lewis to do good things, but Sergey is surging to the top. I think once they figure out the title situation with Cyril Gunn and John Jones, and once uh, once Stipe gets his nose in it, I think six, eight months from now, you're going to see uh, Spivak somewhere in that in that title hunt, and he should be. I think Sergey is going to take Derek Lewis down. I think it's going to be a late second, early third stoppage. I don't think this goes the distance. This is all on ESPN Plus, by the way, and it is Saturday. Saturday. It's all on Saturday. Dalin Jung is going to is the slight favorite over Devin Clark. I think you take Jung in this one. He is a minus two forty plus two hundred for Devin Clark. That's not bad if you want to take a shot on an underdog because uh, Clark has the ability to to take out Dion Jung. Uh, I just think Jung could win this. Also in the heavyweight division, Marcin Tabrera. People forgot about that guy. Versus Blagoy Ivanov. This is minus 130 to plus 110, uh, respectively. Uh, I think Blagoy Ivanov has a chance to win this one. Uh, I like Tabrera. I think Tabrera is probably the favorite for a reason, and he should win this fight, but don't count out Blagoy. Blagoy. Uh... Duho Choi is a minus 190 favorite over Kyle Nelson, the Canadian, plus 160 in the featherweight division. Uh, I like Choi. I like Choi in this one. I think he's favorite for a reason. And last but certainly not least, Yusaku Kinoshita or Kinoshita. Kinoshita? Kinoshita. I think is how you say that. Versus Adam Fugit. Fugit is a uh, quality fighter. He's a good fighter. He's eight and three for a reason. I think you got to take Yusaka. Take uh, Kenosta. Kenosta to win this one and go to seven and one. There are some other good fights. Now this was supposed to be the fight. This was supposed to be the the fight night or whatever that was supposed to be in. I think it was in Korea, but somehow some things fell through. They were not able to get everything booked the way they wanted to. So. They moved it to the Apex, but they kept it on the same time schedule because they didn't want to penalize uh, the Asian market. So you're going to get some uh, later than usual hours for all of that. But it's on ESPN Plus. You guys can uh, go back and watch it uh, if you if you miss it live. But there are, like I said, there are some other really really good fights as uh, Toshiomi Kazama. Is taking on Rinya Nakamura. Nakamura is a big favorite, but um, 
these two Japanese fighters are going to be throwing down in the bantamweight division. That is for the bantamweight. It's a title fight, by the way. That should be fun. Uh, Ji Young Kim taking on Mandy Bohm. Mandy Bohm uh, is the slight underdog in this, by the way, at plus 220, minus 270 for Kim. I think Kim's going to probably win. Uh, I like a lot of the favorites in these here. And then uh, Tatsuro Taro is taking on Jesus Aguilar. I think Aguilar has the uh, has has a chance. I mean, he's he's a plus seven fifty. It's so it's a long shot. Minus twelve hundred for Tatsuro, who will probably win this. But you know, you wanna you wanna throw down a couple ducats on on a long shot. Jesus Aguilar, you never know. Maybe gets the job done. But this thing is loaded. This whole weekend is loaded with fights after fights after fights. And we can't even get into next week. That is UFC 284, uh, Makayev versus Volkanovski. And I got tons to say about that. But you got UFC Fight Night Lewis versus Spivak. You've got Bellator 290, which is Fedor's last fight as he takes on Ryan Bader. And you've got... You've got the PFL Challenger Series, where if I'm, like I said, if I'm not mistaken, could be totally mistaken, but unless I'm mistaken, I think I've said the word mistaken a ton of times now, I believe that the main event is uh, Levy versus Sind Ayush. Could be Montague versus Woods. I, it could be any of these four. I, I, that's one thing I didn't see from the PFL. They probably announced it, and I just missed it. But other than that, that is all of the mixed martial arts news, notes, and previews coming up to this point. And we are going to take a short break. And when we get back from the break, we are going to talk Royal Rumble. AEW, some uh, some other things as well. But until then, we will be right back after this message from our friends at BetOnline.net. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact Dork from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. I want to welcome you guys back. Make sure that you go visit our friends at betonline.net. They have the betting lines. They have the wagering lines. They have the articles. They have the podcasts. They have so much information to make you a better, more educated fan. You're going to win all your debates. If you go to that site and get that information, you're going to win all your debates. Wherever you are, you could be buying balloons for your kid's birthday at a party store. You could be in line at a breakfast buffet. You could be on the sky lift to Stone Mountain. And you'll win your debates. Make sure to go to betonline.net. Before the break, we talked a lot 
we talked uh, some PFL, we talked some UFC, some Bellator, uh, the new Jake Paul deal with the UFC, and uh, Lara Senko's big accomplishment. If you missed any of that, you can go back and listen to the first part of the show. We will not be offended at all. And uh, now let's turn it over to some wrestling action. And we're going to start with the Royal Rumble. That is going to be the WWE uh, for this week. I'm, I'm still going to talk NXT. But the Raw and SmackDown, we're going to tie it all into uh, Royal Rumble. So let's start with it. Let's start with the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match between Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. Um, as per most Bray Wyatt matches, it's not his fault. The way they're booking these matches, uh, when he's in these weird, crazy matches. And, um, yeah. Uh, it was weird. It was crazy. But in, in the long run, because it was L.A. night, because it was Bray Wyatt, and because it was Uncle Howdy, this actually looked like a pretty comparable, decent match. And, of course, Bray Wyatt wins as he needs to. Uh, you have the weird moments between Howdy and L.A. Knight. I think we are going... You needed that development, though. You need to see Howdy be more physical be more involved. We don't know if he's with Bray Wyatt or against Bray Wyatt or somewhere in between, but he's taking out multiple parts. We need to see him more involved, and that's what we're starting to see. But Bray Wyatt wins that particular one. Uh, there wasn't really any surprises on any of these matches, but they played out well. These are exactly what we needed to see. Um, I was disappointed that Bianca Belair defeated Alexa Bliss, but it made sense. Alexa Bliss is a great contender, but they did zero, hardly anything whatsoever. Oh, they did 10. I give them a 10 out of 100. You did a 10th of what you should have done to build Alexa Bliss to look like a credible contender. You did not. The only thing that could have gave her an edge would have been Bray Wyatt, Uncle Howdy, or uh, some other random thing to help her out, and it didn't. So Bianca Belair wins there, but for all those people that are in the same boat as me and wants to see Bel a, a different champion other than Belair, wait till I get the Women's Rumble. The answer is there. I know there is one that makes sense. There's one that makes better sense, but uh, I, I think the Royal Rumble winner should go to should go to um, uh, or should actually stay on Raw and take out Bianca Belair. But who would that be? Well, want to know who won the Women's Royal Rumble match? That was Rhea Ripley. 100% behind this. I'm a big Ripley fan. She does some great stuff with the Judgment Day. Um, also want to bring this up. If you ever watch the Judgment Day, you want to know why Dominic Mysterio is uh, evolving a little bit? Rhea Ripley. You want to know why people tune in to watch the Judgment Day? Finn Balor's a good, a good talent, real good talent, top level. Damian Priest, I've been a fan of his for a long time. Ring of Honor days when he was something completely different. Well, he looked the same, but he he did a lot of the uh, same look and everything. But the Judgment Day, the leader of the Judgment Day is Rhea Ripley. 
anything that happens, who's there to shake things up or who's there to save the day or who's there to get them into or out of things, it's Rhea Ripley. And Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble match, it's up to her if she wants to take on Charlotte on SmackDown, which would be a great WrestleMania main event, maybe a night one main event. Or if she wants to take on Bianca Belair on Raw and stay on Raw with her group, which makes a lot of sense to me too. I would love to see Rhea versus Charlotte. That can be a Night of Champions or a SummerSlam, just uh, no belts involved, just 1v1. That'd be great. But if it's going to be WrestleMania, uh, I want to see her take the belt off Bianca Belair, and that's what I think. So let's go to the... Oh, it leaves us two matches. They did this well. They didn't stack too much in, the, in one spot. Everybody had plenty of room to maneuver and do the things they needed to. And the WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns did defeat Kevin Owens, not without some incidents. How about Sami Zayn bucking the system after all this, this buildup? He bucks the system. Roman wants him to cheat to help him to win. Sami says no. And then at the end, the ultimate betrayal that uh, Sami, I mean, we don't know that him and Kevin are going to, him and Kevin are going to really link up again or anything because Kevin's been shaking his head at him. Sammy may be on an island all to himself again. But at some point, we're going to see Roman versus Sammy. It will not be WrestleMania because we know what our WrestleMania match is going to be. And if they mess this up, then they deserve to be bought out. Because I just told you Roman is the champion. Well, who won the men's Royal Rumble match? First off, I want to say hats off to a lot of people who had some really great performances in there, especially Gunther, who set a new record for being in there, I believe, over an hour. I can't remember the exact time. But uh, that guy, he didn't just like hang out like some people do and, and accumulate a lot of minutes. He went toe-to-toe with everybody. You could say he went toe-to-toe with 29 other superstars. Unfortunately... The number 30 entrance got him. The number 30 entrance got him. And that was the returning Cody Rhodes. He wins the men's Royal Rumble match. This 100% is the right thing because we finally get Roman versus Cody, as long as they don't screw it up. I've already seen some hints and things we will talk about next week where the Elimination Chamber will have to do with, I think, the U.S. title. Or the Intercontinental title, that makes way more sense. It does not to be, need to be Roman. Leave the belt on him. You have him and Cody build this up into a super mega event. We know John Cena's coming back. Um, I don't know who Cena's going to face right off. But I could see... I could see Sammy and, and Kevin Owens being involved with some things with the Elimination Chamber. I don't think they'll be in the actual Chamber match. We'll see what all happens with that. Overall, out of 10, I would give the Royal Rumble an 8.5. Predictable, yes, but how they told the story, fantastic. But these are, these are I, mean, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with any of them. And I don't think most of you guys did either. Like I said, I'm just not a big Bel Air fan. I appreciate what she does. She's very good, and uh, she's getting better and better. I'm just an Alexa Bliss fan, and I want to see something different, but we may get that with Rhea. But that was the Royal Rumble. 
So, let's move on to NXT. NXT this week, we saw the return of Tiffany Stratton, who picked up a very good win over Indy Hartwell. Stratton, in her time away, she did some big things because she's gotten a lot better. She was already on her way. You know, look at Sol Ruka and how far she's come just in a couple, uh, in a month or so. Tiffany Stratton has, has come uh, a long way, too. And uh, she got the big win over Indy Hartwell. I think Stratton could be a star for them down the road. I really do. And by down the road, maybe late this year, early next year, she could be a prime time player in the women's division. Uh, Vengeance Day is this Saturday. We will talk about that card here in a minute because that's, that's pretty much they've just postponed a lot of the other stuff they did up until here. But we got to see Andre Chase with Thea Hale and Duke Hudson take on J.D. McDonough. After McDonough kind of uh, found his way into a match. Of course, McDonough won. McDonough's just really good. I'm glad he finally got a win. Andre Chase can take a loss. Uh, the end of this saw Duke Hudson walking away. At the end of the match, but... It just uh, I, I don't I don't know if we're gonna see Duke split from from Chase University or not, but uh, it was a good match. Andre Chase a really good worker, a really good uh, really good hand to the ring. But McDonough needed the win and he got it. We got to see Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley take on Fallon Henley and Kiana James, who are suddenly uh, a pretty good team. Briggs and Jensen out there, of course. Um, thanks to Kiana James. Uh, not really cheating, but uh, being slightly underhanded. Uh, her and Fallon end up with the win there. Uh, at some point, we're going to see Gulak face off with Charlie Dempsey, and at some point, we're going to see the Creed Brothers versus Indusure. Apparently, it's not right now. <laughs> I mean, it may be on Vengeance Day. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Wendy Chu took on a wreck. Electra Lopez, uh, Valentina Ferroz come down to uh, mess with Lopez. It, it didn't deter her much. Um, Wendy Chu to me is is a big time talent, and and Electra's good. I, I'll give her that. She's probably more skilled. I just feel like you can do a lot more with Wendy Chu going forward, and I would like to see her featured a little more. Just me. Waller and Braun get into it as we figured they would. Braun ended up going head first through a barrier. Look at hurt. Look at hurt a lot. Uh, he went a little strong into it. And then in the end, KC squared, as uh, I call them, the women's tag team champions, defended against Albafire and Sol Ruka. Sol Ruka showed up and said, hey, you need a partner. I'll be your partner. She did a really good job. But at that point, you pretty much know brand new a brand new team's not going to win titles like that. But uh, showing the work that, that Sol Ruka has put in in Albafire, they did a really good job. KC Square, just a really good team, and they're the champs for a reason. Of course, that, that match had its extra people as uh, Fallon and Kiana and Isla Dawn all showed up by the end. That leads us to Vengeance Day, which is, of course, this Saturday, because, you know, the combat sports world wants you to have about 17 screens 
from the Emerald City of Charlotte, North Carolina at the Spectrum Center. This is a NXT heavy card. Let's start at the bottom where Katana Chance and Caden Carter are going to take on Fallon Henley and Kiana James with Briggs and Jensen, of course, for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. I'm a big KC Squared fan. Uh, I like Fallon and, and Kiana as a team. I think it's way too early for them to be title contenders like this, but you don't have that many teams after you've broken up half the, the good ones. So uh, I think KC Squared is going to keep the belts there. Apollo Crew is going to take on Carmelo Hayes in a two out of three falls match. I feel like Carmelo is going to get the nod here. And uh, it would not surprise me if post-WrestleMania, Carmelo Hayes, I don't know if Trick comes with him or not, but Carmelo Hayes may get called up to the main roster. I, I could see it. The New Day is going to take on, is going to defend their NXT Tag Team Championships in a fatal four-way against uh, Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang. Pretty deadly, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. And uh, Chase University, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. I feel like Gallus is the one who should win these belts. But if for some reason Andre Chase and Duke Hudson were to win, then it makes the kind of on-again, off-again bromance they have kind of uh, more interesting. I will say Gallus is going to win. I think at some point the New Day are going to drop these belts. They're going to return back to SmackDown. We'll see them do some other stuff. So I will take Gallus in that one. The NXT North American Championship is on the line as Wes Lee will defend against Dijak. A lot of times I would say Dijak may just win this. Here's the thing about it. Dijak has so much more going on. Everybody keeps calling him out. And everybody keeps coming on top of him. That uh, on top of his time while he's talking and things like that. Anytime he gets in the ring, five other people show up. I think Wesley is going to retain. Dijak is going to get into some other feuds here and there. And uh, good for Wesley. He's going to pick up another victory. Braun Breaker is going to take on Grayson Waller in the co-main event in a steel cage match. Give me Grayson Waller. You guys know I'm a big fan of both of these guys. Covered Braun when he was in when he was in college, by the way. I've spoken to him. He's a fantastic dude. He really is. I just think Grayson Waller is not only going to get a turn on top. I think maybe around SummerSlam or late or or Survivor Series, maybe we see Grayson Waller on Raw or SmackDown. I just I think he could be a master heel. He could do some really good things. I think Grayson, the Grayson Waller era is going to start this Saturday. And Braun needs a break. And finally, the main event, Roxanne Perez is going to defend her NXT Women's Championship in a triple threat match versus the tag team of Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, otherwise known as... Uh, was, it, was it Total Attraction? It's Toxic Attraction. That's it. Thanks, Producer Sunshine, for that one. Um, yeah, I think Roxanne Perez is going gonna, is gonna to retain this. I think uh, she's going to go through a couple more competitors before uh, she, she loses any of that. Now, let's talk some AEW. Let's start with Dynamite, where Jericho and Guevara with Garcia, who used a bat, by the way, 
defeated Starks and Action Andretti with the bat, as I said. If not, Andretti had this match in hand. He's a really good talent. Ricky Starks is a future world champion. Uh, Guevara still kind of, I don't know, wishy-washy. He's so good, but he, he just, I don't know, it seems like he's, he's into his own hype. And uh, Jericho is definitely putting people over on his way eventually out the door. I give it another year, maybe. And I think Jericho will uh, will call it. Uh, Buddy Murphy with Julia Hart took on Darby Allen for Darby's TNT belt. This is a really good match. This showed it showed the range of Darby, which we already knew, but it showed that Buddy Murphy is a contender for any belt at any time. And uh, I would like to see Julia Hart's role in a lot of things increase. But for now, I would like to see her almost be the Rhea Ripley of this group. You guys just heard what I said about all that. Um, Sting played a part in this. King and Malachi had a part in this. Ortiz come down to even it out. If that means we get to see uh, Buddy Murphy... Brody King and Malachi Black all take on Ortiz, Singh, and Darby. Let's do it. Samoa Joe called out Darby, too, at the end in a video package. Um, Hook and Jack Perry had a big win over Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. Uh, the Page-Matt Hardy not getting along thing is pretty funny, and uh, it's worth tuning in for that. And Hook and Jack Perry are two guys that should be the next wave of people that AEW starts to center around. You guys have heard my list before. Uh, Brian Danielson had a fantastic match. It was the Battle of the Bryans versus Brian Cage. Danielson ends up with the win in that one. Cage is, it's unreal what he can do at that size. But uh, MJF had a part in it. Nessie come down to uh, double-team Danielson. Konosuke uh, Dukesha. Come down to save Danielson. We could probably see a tag event out of that. That should be a lot of fun. Tony Storm took on Ruby Soho because Britt Baker got some sort of injury. The weird thing is she came out at the end of the match and ended up causing Tony Storm a victory where Ruby got the win. I'm glad for that. Ruby needed the win. Ruby is somebody I would build up to put into the main event picture. Should be some, uh, should be some just spectacular, spectacular women's events coming up very, very soon in AEW. Um, and then what should have been the main event, and it was, in a tribute to his brother Jay, Mark Briscoe took on longtime friend and foe Jay Lethal. Uh, this. It was this match was so good because they were just unleashing. They emptied, they emptied the kegs of each other, and uh, in the end, Mark Briscoe won. Uh, it was a great tribute to Jay. And uh, you know, real quickly, I, I talked a little bit about all that and all, but the, I got thinking about it over the week, and I know the mess that I would be if if something happened to my brother. And, uh, you know, and me and him were not tag team champions of, of uh, all kinds of organizations across the world. But uh, it, it just, to be able to, to carry on and to carry on in his name, uh, it, it takes a really special person to be able to do that. 
and uh, just you know more power to, to Mark and and the entire Briscoe family. I know that's not their actual name. But I know if you go to, I think it's shophonor.com or honorshop.com, whatever the Ring of Honor shop is, there are J Tribute shirts. I will be purchasing mine as soon as we uh, finish recording this show. And all the money goes straight to the family, the Pew family. Goes straight to them because uh, the two of the daughters are, I believe, still in the hospital but recovering. And it seems like they've had the appropriate procedures and things that they are going to be good. So, uh, fantastic things. Uh, fantastic news to hear. I wish them all the best thoughts and prayers and even condolences about uh, about their dad, Jay. But uh, I, I, that's exactly what AEW should have done, and they did the, the 100% best uh, thing there. We move to AEW Rampage where Wheeler Yuta took on Hangman Page. They kind of started this on Wednesday. And uh, great match. Hangman, of course, ends up with the win. But Wheeler Yuta, he's hanging with the right people. They are putting him in some really good spots, in some really good places in the wrestling world. And uh, Yuta is a potential big talent. Definitely doing some big things. I mean, he hung with Hangman. It's hard to hang with Hangman Page. He's he's a different kind of cat, and he's a, he's a tough matchup sometimes. And uh, he he did spectacular. It was a great opening match. We got to see the best friends, including Orange. Orange was down there with them, but it was Danhausen, Trent, and Chucky e. T versus Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Sotnam Singh. We actually got to see Sotnam in the ring. He did a pretty good job. They've really been working with him, and to be as big as he is, man, he he did he had some good spots. He sold his rear off too. When somebody did something to him that should be damaging, he didn't just stand there like a log. He did what he needed to do, and it looked spectacular. Uh, he gets this pin over Danhausen, moved us to Powerhouse Hobbs versus a guy named Tony Mud. Uh, at least the match was anything but muddy. Hobbs did a, a quick squash. He's another one that's built the right way. He could he could be uh, a good talent down the road. He's fresh looking kid. He's got the power. He can talk. You know he could he could do some good stuff. I look forward to what they could do with Hobbs. They they're just so loaded uh, over there at AEW. Jamie Hader took on Emmy Sakura. They have took on uh, they have took on each other before. But this time it was for the AEW Women's Championship. And Jamie Hayter has said how much she evolved since the last time she took on Sakura. Is a really good, really, really good. Two, lack of a better way, dynamite main events for AEW this week. Uh, Hayter gets the win. She keeps her belt. Really, really, really highly talented women right there. Moved to Impact Wrestling, where Ageless Wonder Mike Jackson, from just up the road from where we're recording, took on Trey Miguel for his X Division Championship. Uh, kind of a clunky booking on this one, but Mike Jackson still looked pretty good. Trey Miguel ends up with the victory. 
he goes to find some spray paint to get Mike Jackson to tag him like he does everybody else. Instead, he finds Crazy Steve and Black Taru. That's going to be a fun feud when they when they actually kick that off. Kushida and Ke Kevin Knight took on the Good Hands, or the Good Hand, which is Jason Hutch, Hotch, and John Schuyler. They're a really, they're, I like their team. I, I've, I've been a John Schuyler fan for a long, long time. Uh, Jason Hotch is a pretty good talent as well. But Kushida and Kevin Knight with the win there, and they look pretty strong in doing so. Maybe they're a formidable tag team somewhere down the road. The Death Dolls with Rosemary took on Giselle Shaw and, let's see, it was Giselle Shaw and, oh, Tara. And uh, Tara pretty much laid out Giselle Shaw and the Death Dolls retained. It's good to see Tara back. Want to know how long she's going to stick around. Not a lot of real room for her, in my opinion. Uh, she's done some great things, but... Once again, this is Impact Wrestling just bringing in this random thing that just makes no sense. Just uh, just makes no sense. But Ace Austin and Chris Bay, otherwise known as the Bullet Club, took on the major players. And Ace and Bay end up with the win in that one. It's a good solid win for them. The major players continue to put people over. As only they can do. And then somehow Joe Hendry got involved in the end of it. Say his name and he appears. I believe in Joe Hendry. I'm pretty sure you do too. Um, he's probably going to end up taking on the major players for that internet championship that he has. Jonathan Gresham took on Sheldon Jean. Don't know much about Sheldon Jean, but I do know that Jonathan Gresham is one of the best technical wrestlers in the history of the world. I would love to see Brian Danielson versus versus Gresham. I just think that would just be one of the most technical matches you've ever seen in your life. This would be like Brett versus Owen. Just uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Daniel or Brian Danielson rather. But uh, Gresham with the win, and then we get a six pack challenge. I, I don't know. All I know is that. Uh, it was Rich Swan versus Chris Saban versus Eddie Edwards versus Moose versus Rhino. For some reason, Rhino made it in this match versus Sammy Callahan. Coming into this, I would have said the ones that make the most sense. If Callahan was not in the storyline he is now, I would have said him. But uh, coming out of this, I said it. I thought it would either be Moose or Swan. It ended up being Swan. He is the number one contender now for the Josh Alexander Championship. I 100% do not believe he will defeat him for said belt. So this match and the next month or so will probably be a waste of time. Welcome to Impact Wrestling, where they have the most one of the most loaded rosters of talent and have no idea how to put them together. It's like having all 100 pieces of the puzzle, and they just sit real pretty in the box. It baffles me, too. Uh, we go to New Japan, where there were quite, quite a number of great matches. We had Kari defend her New Japan women's belt. Remember, that's a brand new thing for them, the women's title over there. She took on Tam Nakano. This is a really good match. Kari ends up with the win, but more importantly, Mercedes Monet 
otherwise known as Sasha Banks, showed up and looks like she's going to challenge Kari for that one. They know each other from the NXT WWE days, Kari Sane and uh, Mercedes Monet, otherwise known as Sasha Banks. I hope Kari retains, but I, I feel like maybe Mercedes wins it because uh, she's the new fresh face and people know her really well. But you got to know your audience. Kari is a way better champ in Japan. FTR defended their belts against Goto and uh, Yoshihashi. FTR is still one of the best teams in the world by far. And uh, But Goto and Yoshihashi are a really good team. There are a lot of really, really good teams over New Japan, but FTR is still the champ. And lastly, Great Muda, Shota Umino, and Tanahashi all took on uh, the ignorables of Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. In the end, of course, Team Great Muda on his way out wins the match. And, uh, man, what a career that guy has had. So many great moments. I'm glad he was able to reconnect with Sting. I'm glad he's able to do, uh, he had the match with Shinsuke Nakamura that WWE let him go do, which is is, not, is a very non-WWE thing. So it was fantastic that he got to do that. Uh, great Muda is another legend. We talk about Fedor. We talk about the Pitbull brothers. The the wrestling world will never be able to repay the great Muda for all the stuff he's done. And he'll continue to do. Uh, he continues to inspire people just like Fedor, the Pitbulls, all of them. But uh, this legendary episode of Strong Style is slowly coming to the final bell. We appreciate you guys allowing us to come on each and every week and talk MMA and pro wrestling, two of my favorite things in the world to talk about and enjoy but for now we are done for the week we will see you guys next week go watch fighting go watch wrestling deuces gooses. Deuces.